Episode 11, Travel on Planet Earth. Oh, there you are. Uh, Welcome to Voyage of the Page Turner, the choose-your-own-page-turning podcast with me, comedian Colin Lego. And welcome to this episode 11. Oh, how exciting. 11 episodes in. Almost three months of page-turning podcasts. And in that time, we've had some brilliant books, we've had some amazing guests, and we're building up our listenership because of all you lot out there listening with your ears. Uh, So thank you if you do listen every week. And hey, why not spread the word? Let people know it's on tell them a bit about the show you can point them in the direction of all the social medias at page turner show on twitter and instagram and facebook and yeah let your friends know that this is a ridiculous fun hour of escapism that they could enjoy every week because i enjoy it and i think you enjoy it too hooray talking about twitter uh, i had a message from brad from the fate of ison podcast it's a kiwi D podcast i've mentioned it before and i've mentioned brad before but brad got in touch to say that he loved the bonus episode i did with our voiceover guy samuel borath thomas um which was an improvised interview that me and sam did him in character as my voiceover guy and it was ridiculous anyway brad says that he really enjoyed it thanks brad and it reminded him of the unpredictable fun of live improv shows yeah (laughs) it was fully improvised and fully ridiculous oh oh, by the way brad from the fate of ice and podcast is going to be my guest in a few weeks for episode 13 i think could be unlucky it won't be unlucky because brad is going to be a brilliant guest so that'll be fun yeah book 13 with brad from the fate of ison in a few weeks but today is book 11 episode 11 the book is called trouble on planet earth Ooh, there's lots of trouble on planet earth isn't there at the minute i don't think it's about there being a pandemic um but i'll be honest with you i had a really fun time recording this with my guest abby murphy uh but the story is absolutely nuts <laughs> So in this series so far, people have died or ended their stories in many, many ways. We've had someone eaten by a rhino. I can kind of get my head around that. I've had someone shot by poachers. Yep, fine. That's kind of in the realms of realism. Uh, We had someone go to Atlantis and live in Atlantis. Okay, I can kind of get my head around that. This ending today is just bizarre. And I'm not sure what R.A. Montgomery was thinking when he wrote this ending, but you're going to enjoy it. And on a completely separate note, don't take drugs, kids. Right, so let's get into it. Um, And I want you to meet my special guest today. It was really fun recording this. We are in lockdown, remember, and doing this over Zoom and over the internet. And time to time you find a few technical problems and when I listen back to Abby's recording uh, the sound quality I mean it is what it is isn't it as they say Uh, the quality wasn't great but the content is great so stick with it because Abby is a brilliant guest and the story like I said is beautifully ridiculous so here we go episode 11 of this voyage of the page turner Abby Murphy is a comedian, improviser, and actor who took her debut one-hour show, Girl on Fire, to the 2014 Edinburgh Festival, receiving critical acclaim. 
After becoming a finalist in the Amused Moose Comedy Awards the following year, Abby has gone on to appear in many successful TV shows and films, including Ricky Gervais's David Brent, Life on the Road, and also Catastrophe, alongside Sharon Horgan. Abby clearly has no trouble in front of the camera, or a room full of laughing punters. But will her comedic capabilities help her deal with... The trouble on planet Earth? I very much doubt it. Abby, welcome to being the Voyager in Voyager the Page Turner. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Colin. How are you? I'm all right. I, th- I think we're all okay. I, I, I'm expecting when this episode goes out, we'll still be in some form of lockdown, even if it's like 2023. You're a very creative person. I met you through the world of improvisation and comedy. How have you been finding this kind of weird setup of of what human existence is now? Have you been all right? Yeah, I'm worrying how much I quite like it. I'm getting a bit too good at it, I think. So I'm a bit like, will I be able to go out and chat again? <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean yeah. you might have lost all those skills? Yeah, lost all those skills of the old small talk and, you know, the chitter-chatter. Mm. I've, I've met a few people, basically, in the street who I know well enough to have a good chat to and just sort of looked through them a bit. And then, um, <laughs> and then, like, really struggling to, like, just just ask normal questions. Like, mm. how are you? How's it going? And and look like I'm genuinely into it. Or and then I walk away. And go, God, I came across really weirdly. Um, <laughs> too late now. Yeah, I mean, there was one point in um, when we were locked down at the start of 2020, when I mean, we had so many Amazon deliveries because I went insane on Amazon. I almost yeah. considered the Amazon delivery guy as a as a friend. <laughs> you yeah. know, saw him as much as my own family. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I'm back in a flurry of Amazon again. What's your craziest purchase on Amazon in this weird times? Have you had any? I bought a really harsh lint roller and um, <laughs> and <laughs> ruined a jacket. <laughs> when you say harsh, what, the stickiness was intense? Um, no, it was, it was um, old school and kind of like wire, like metal, oh. like a cheese grater, and it, and it was going to get severe bobbling off. And I was like, oh my God, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got it and I was really excited. And it said, use it at a certain angle for just a gentle bit of lint and use it at quite a harsh angle to get bobbles off. And I was like, I want bobbles off. So I scraped and scraped and scraped on this coat and I ruined it. Oh, that is a shame. <laughs> so sad. Because I basically it was an old coat that wasn't really wearable anymore. Mm. And I thought, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I'll get get those bubbles off <laughs> and I did I dragged the pattern off with it <laughs> <laughs> you've linted it to death that is a shame yeah. so the so thank you for coming on the uh, podcast today thank you for having me um I would like to talk a little bit about you you and growing up where did you grow up I'm, I'm assuming because I've known you for a while did you grow up in Essex yeah what yeah. gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> what what adventures as an eight year old or nine year old was there to be had in the wilds of Essex? What did you get up to? Try cl- climbing trees? Oh what? yeah, it's it's countryside. I was right. in a small village, mm. um, and the main thing I was doing was making fires. Making fires. Now, yeah. am I am I going to Google and find some rep- police reports of arson? In, in... No, <laughs> never got caught. Oh. Like, well, <laughs> what I mean is, it never got out of control apart from once, and once I ran away fast enough and didn't get caught. Right. 
Um, so yeah, there's no history of that. But um, apart from setting fire to, I'm going to say buildings and cars. Um, were you <laughs> were you adventurous? Would you do naughty things? So if you had to be back by seven o'clock of a summer evening, would you push that to seven thirty, eight o'clock, or were you a goody goody? No, no, I loved being outside. So I used to. I remember um, if it was raining. I'd mm. go to the front door, I'd be right ready, welly boots and everything. And then I would just scream from the front door, Mum, I'm going out! Mm. And then jump out the door and I'd just hear, No! <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, I didn't hear that, the door was shut. Right. Was. Yes. You should have said. Yeah. I did say. So, yeah, I used to do that and I used to go out all day. It was glorious. You'd be out mm. from nine in the morning till nine at night, really, in the summer. Mm. It was so light and mm. safe where we were. Mm. I did get in trouble for that once though because I didn't come back for lunch. So it was a good 12 hours oh, Right. And what did I you mean, do? I mean, I'd for... eat lunch somewhere. <laughs> I was going to say, did you forage in the woods and just eat No, someone else's mum definitely fed me, but mum didn't like the no contact for 12 hours and uh, we had no phones, did we, back then. It was lovely. I know, it was weird. It was lovely, but also a strange concept. To If you speak to a teenager now, they're like, you had, didn't you, what? They just don't get that you, there was no phones, like mobile phones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I really knew my village like the back of my hand. No Google Maps. <laughs> exactly. I, I always like. I hated and almost liked the concept of if uh, you would be at school, say, uh, on a Friday, and you'd say to your friends, I'll meet you in town tomorrow at three o'clock, and they'd be like, yeah, okay. And you just have to hope that that happened. You, could, you couldn't yeah, be there. Yeah, I never even actually questioned that they wouldn't know. True. I don't remember thinking, oh, I hope they're there, I hope they're there. I just, we just were all there, right? That's true. Although if somebody was late, you'd be like, I expect they're dead. You know what I mean? You just. I know, I'd always expect they can see me. They're, they're near and they're right. watching me look for them. Okay, yeah, I, so I was, maybe we were, we were extra good at keeping promises and timekeeping back then. We meant what we said. We, me we meant we it. Stood yeah, we stood by it. <laughs> we died by it. Yeah, I will see you at three outside McDonald's. <laughs> or I will die on my sword. Yeah, oh, what a great bunch. Your, I know that your childhood also contained a lot of uh, theatrical stuff such as dance. Yeah. Uh, w would you say that that was the main thing that was in your life at that point more than anything else? Because for me it was singing, for you it was dance, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was good. Four or five days a week. Four or five days a week? Yeah, we just kept kept growing. Yeah, tap, jazz and ballet. And ballet, our ballet teacher made us take about three classes a week in ballet. She wouldn't let you do tap or jazz if um, <laughs> you weren't doing enough ballet. Wow. Yeah. Like a gateway dance, like to, yes. to the, to the yeah. bigger stuff. It's all about technique. It all starts with ballet. Everything will be better if your ballet is good and don't just come here for a quick tap about. She took it very seriously in the village hall. <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. She was a great teacher, actually. But yeah, so that's why there was lots. Mm. And I know that the dance, because we've talked before about, about this on a radio show I used to do, that your dancing did lead to big adventures. Um, I'm, I'm talking about when you went to India. And yep. I hope you don't mind me mentioning this story because okay. I think it's fascinating. It could almost be a choose your own story. You were in <laughs> India in Bollywood films, but not actually being from India. Yeah, no. So, so, so how does that work? <laughs> um, because they shoot um, 
music videos, obviously, but all their films have music videos and dance performances that accompany the film. And mm. um, so they have big dance scenes, and a lot of their films are shot all around the world. You know, they love shooting in London, mm. um, in Europe, and um, so they would have locals breaking out with them. You know, and so I went over to India um, on like a six-month contract the first time I went. So a lot of those films that have been shot in London, they would then shoot the music video in Mumbai because okay. the the film's wrapped here. So um, they would do the music video in Mumbai, so they'd need to recreate like a London scene or a London club or to make oh, it fit the film. Right. So um, then we would uh, go around shooting all these different shoots that had been shot everywhere else. But then equally, I do think there was a case of kind of like, you know, like in um, like a Puff Daddy video or something. It'd be like a girl of every denomination, yeah. you know, every ethnicity. It, I mm. think also they were like, hey, we don't just attract Indian girls like grinding on us. We want one. We want one of every colour. Like well, I'm attractive right. all around the world, not just here. <laughs> so there was a lot of questionable kind of sexy dancing. Right. Um, not from me. I mean, I tried, but it just. I, I was destined for comedy. Every time I look back at those videos, it just looks like I'm mocking it. I'm really not. That was my best effort, but it, it looks like I'm joking. <laughs> it's almost done with a little bit of sarcasm. There's just something about my face that just says, oh, I think this is funny. But that, that, I wasn't trying to do that, genuinely. I was bored. You know, I'd been on set for 15 hours by this point. There was nothing mm. funny about it. I just wanted to go home. Mm. But just got a funny face. <laughs> um, before we get into the book, and I ask all my adventurers this, regular listeners will know, back when you were younger and having your arson-filled times in... Um, uh, Essex. Whereabouts in Essex, by the way? Um, in a village called Bitmaker. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know it, but I know the villages of Essex. Quite it's rural. Near Danbury. Oh, okay. Danbury's right. a slightly bigger village, just up the hill. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember the great fires of Danbury in 1990. Yeah. I wonder who set them off. Um, yeah. I would <laughs> like to go back and say it wasn't cars and houses. Uh, it, it was just bushes. Um, well, within just. bushes, and then I put them out. But then one summer, it was just particularly dry, um, mm. and the den I'd built, where I made myself a little fire from the den, yeah. um, just it just got a bit big, and, and it was like bellowing black smoke. I was like, oh. better, better run away now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, like, a, a fireman came, and it was all fine. That's fine. It's fine. No one died. Well, only some people. I was going to ask you what sweets you would have eaten, but it's marshmallows on sticks at that point, I reckon. Just a bit of toasted fun. What what, what were you munching on on those adventures between uh, the fires? I was really partial to an onion ring. Oh. Um, as in the crisps. You know, yeah. the... Yeah, they're sort of like cheap as does own multi-buy of all the different kind of like their version of the bacon razzle things or frazzles. Yeah, frazzles. But the, but the Asda's own version of all of these and chip sticks. It was onion rings, and you know they really smell bad. The cheaper, the better with 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 crisps like that. And and I always find with those uh, those own brands, they try with the names to get them very similar to the actual thing, but don't quite succeed. Or they manage to skirt around the legalities by having a name that's just slightly different. Yeah. Penguin biscuits, for example, uh, it, the Sainsburys have their own version of the penguin, but it's called a polar bar. That's annoying, isn't it? I'd be annoyed by that. I'd be like, hey, I made a chocolate bar called Penguin. Back off. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. rude. Someone's yeah. art, Colin. It's someone's art. <laughs> <laughs> biscuit art. Yeah. Yeah, I loved a biscuit as a kid. 
I, I think my mum never, um, it's like we didn't have to ask for biscuits. It was very mm. odd. Like you had to ask for an Asda's own version of the penguin. Mm. Um, and she'd say no, because they were for packed lunches, obviously. Obviously. Um, so that was always a no. But no one seemed to ask about the biscuit tin. Mm. Like, what, just fistfuls of custard creams. Just. Custard creams. It was. Is that a favourite? Favourite? A good old custard cream. Yeah, custard cream and a bourbon. Just mm. I smashed through so many. Mm. I said in a in an episode a while back that I thought it only occurred to me um, at Christmas time actually that all a penguin biscuit is is a glorified bourbon biscuit with chocolate on. And I prefer the bourbon honestly because you can taste the salt more. You like a bit of salt in your biscuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's actually when I went to India. That's why I thought, yeah, I actually I can stay here because they're biscuit mad. Really? They, yeah. I don't know if that happened when the Brits went over there and took a cup of tea and a biscuit, but they stayed in a big way, like mm. just everyone selling biscuits everywhere. Bourbons. Mm. Mm. They've got custard creams. They've got it all. Mm. I was like, I'm fine. Wow. Put the kettle on. Yeah. Pink wafer. <laughs> yeah, I love a wafer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, big, big on them. Nice. And now all those coffee shops do like their fancy versions, but they're nice too. They are nice, you know, yeah. Or the loaf buff or something, aren't they? <laughs> they are, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Individually. And I'm right. like, yes, please. Yeah. Remember the pink wafers had pink panther on in, uh, when I was eating them? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, the trashy version. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Totally. Yeah. And uh, party rings. Oh. oh. What a biscuit. What a biscuit. I mean, it's no wonder I'm diabetic now, to be fair. I mean, I, d- I don't know with all your dancing and stuff. Surely, um, did that cause more sweet eating because of the calories you were burning off? Or did you have to be slightly healthy with it all? I don't know. I wasn't. I was just brought up on your classic, you know, those yeah. microwave mini pizzas. and uh, Oh, nice. You know, that sort of, <laughs> that sort of fodder. Yeah. It seemed to be all right. Bounce mm. back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We, we just all... today are living on hummus, aren't they? They are yeah, now. We, we were fine. <laughs> we think. Turkey yeah. Twizzler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we're in our 50s, we might be just heads in jars. Yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> I seem to bounce back from that. <laughs> we almost made it onto sweets. Um, I was always interested in a penny sweet. We used to buy my, buy my sweets individually. And people's hands must have been all over those sweets in those shops before they went into my mouth. What sweets wise, what were you uh what were you after? I really like the chewy ones, so a postman pat. Uh, now I know who postman pat is and I know what a sweet is, but what's a postman pat sweet? So it's in the same family as the fruit salad and the blackjack and the oh, apple jack. Yeah. Then there's a postman pat that was in a blue wrapper and pink inside. Oh, I, they I were rare. They weren't everywhere. I was going to say, I, I didn't think I was going to learn anything new about sweets ever, but that is blown my mind. Yeah, they were great. Mm. And the Apple Jacks, any of them. I love them. Anything that could rip my fillings out. Yeah. I had loads of them, so. <laughs> um, so, well, let's get into this book. And they've been around for a while, and they've kind of stood the test of time in libraries. You weren't reading these. We had a little chat off air. What were? What was your book of choice? When... Oh, I was very heavy, Colin. <laughs> yeah. I always went. Yeah, I always went for when Hitler stole Pink Rabbit. Oh, okay. And uh, and Frank's Diary, very niche. I was oh, just on that. <laughs> my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> they were my absolute favourites. I think it just blew my mind that that these things happened. It's quite a grown-up subject, isn't it? 
So when you're like that age reading that, and then your parents are saying it happened, like it's based on truth. I, I mean, I mean, I, I was still sort of Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and James and Giant Peach. You're reading about the World War Two. Yes, <laughs> yeah, just those two books. Though I wasn't a big reader. It was just them two that I just read and read and read. Um, right. I did, I did do the Roll Dolls as well. I loved all of them. Danny, the Champion of the World, is literally one of my favourite books of yeah. the Roll Doll Collection. Yeah. That one for me because it was driving. And I love cars, mm. and I always wanted to drive. Couldn't wait. That one, he gets to drive his dad's car. Wow. Okay. So, okay. So, I don't know how serious this book is. I don't think it's going to be as serious as Hitler is is involved, and there's someone hiding in an attic. But you just never know with these books, really. So, um, let's find out. The title of book eleven in this series is called Trouble on Planet Earth. The front cover would say to me that it's going to be something about the environment and the troubles on Earth to do with the environment. Are you ready to enter into the 11th book on this uh, Voyage of the Page Turner, Abby? Oh, yes, please. Here we go. Buckle up. It's going to be a roller coaster. The Earth's oil fields are drying up and the world is thrown into chaos. As you watch the news reports, your brother Ned has one of his premonitions. The Earth's oil is being stolen. But who would steal it? And how? Should you put your investigation skills to work in Saudi Arabia, another of Ned's premonitions? Or should you travel first to CIA headquarters to see what they have to say? Let's hope the Earth's fuel lasts long enough for you to find out. Crikey. Wow. You and Ned. Like brother Ned? Yeah. What's that short for? Ned. Is that just Ned? Ned? Uh, Ned, why is he sh- what's it short for? He's got little legs. No, I don't know uh, what what Ned is short for. Wrong name, isn't it? Ned. Um, Ned. N- Ned Nedrith? I'm making I'm making names <laughs> up now. I'm not sure. Oh, hang on. Neddy could be Teddy. Teddy was Edward, wasn't it? Crikey. I'd be like, can you just call me Ed, please? <laughs> My actual name. <laughs> Blimey. Well, we don't Ed, know about... and, he's pre- and he's premonitions. I mean, he, yeah. he's otherworldly. He's, he's having premonitions. We don't know much about Ned, but let's imagine that... Well, but, but I've got access to pop to the CIA, is that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so how old am I? There's no mention of my age. But no. I... I'm a high achiever. Um, I've got a, a witch for a brother. <laughs> um, and I have direct access to the CIA. Yeah. I mean, it beats dancing in a village hall, surely. Surely, yeah. I feel like I've missed out. I didn't know that these other lives are being lived. Hmm. I think we're going to find out more about Ed, uh, Ned, sorry, in a minute, and yourself. Like I said, from the front cover, it is about sort of um, the pro- what well, it's called the trouble on planet earth the trouble being the oil's disappearing so this might get political abby i don't know how do you feel about ned so far he's having premonitions you're not you feel jealous no well let's see let's you know we don't know if this is a gift or a burden yet do we that's very true that's very true. Okay, well, let's get into it. And uh, regular listeners will know that I have to do voices and accents. So it's going to start straight away with an accent. This is what's on the news when you're listening to the news. Here we go, page one. Good evening. 
Tonight we bring you a special report from our news team on the mounting crisis. Interviews with leaders around the world from Paris, Beijing, Mexico and Morocco and Washington confirm that no answer has been found to the sudden loss of oil in every oil field in the world. You turn from the evening news and jab your brother in the ribs. Now, where do you want to be from, Abby? You can be from anywhere. I'll give you an accent. Let's not make it offensive, but let, what, where, where do you want to be from? Well, I'd be interested to see what your Essex accent is. Oh, OK. Well, that's just oh. going to be offensive to you, I would imagine. So, um, <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll be slightly London, I would imagine. All right. Uh, Ned, this is it. It's finally happening. <laughs> There's no more oil. The earth is giving up. Maybe the oil is being stolen. Maybe there's some international plot to drive up the prices. Ned is famous for his crazy ideas, and you and he have gained an international reputation for solving problems no one else can tackle. You're especially good at analysing data and developing solutions, and Ned goes on instinct and ESP. Uh, what's ESP? What's ESP? What's ESP? Um... Is, is that... Um, a- extra sensory perception is that what it's called sounds good extra sensory perception i think which means that he can feel things before they happen like a sixth sense he's, maybe he's just an extra special person <laughs> <laughs> ned goes on instinct and being an extra special person <laughs> yeah i think that's better that's, oh, that's nice that's nice yeah okay Together, you are an excellent team. The trouble with Ned is you have to keep reminding him that it is a team. He's always out for his own glory. Stolen? Come on, Ned. Who could steal it? It's just been used up. There isn't enough of oil anyway, or at least the way we're using it. Political, political. Political. She's got her finger on the pulse from an early age. (laughs) Exactly. How are we finding the accent, by the way? Is it? Uh, Lovely, lovely. I feel... Yeah, it's really um, tapping into my sort of tomboy side. You know, starting fires, you know, running out in the rain. It really fits eight-year-old me. All right, good. Yeah, thanks. Ned stares at you and that look comes over his face. It's a look you know all too well. The look he gets when a special knowledge hits him. Knowledge from a secret source. Even Ned can't explain it. It just happens to him. I I feel the knowledge, (laughs) he announces. It's up to us. We'll crack this case. Now, I suppose you want us to find out who's taking the oil and bring it back, right? Am I right? He nods adjusts his glasses <laughs> and reaches for the world atlas on his desk Currently. on i know on your last investigation you and ned solved a strange phenomenon of the melting statues in the national museum before that came the case of the missing airliner and before that the most grisly case were the murders in arizona right they were all tough they were all tough and i think you're children so this is super yeah. weird and we have literally got the world's warrior on our shoulders, haven't we? You have. You yeah, have. International dream team. If I was uh, finding murders in Arizona, I'd go to the police. But no. No. Not, no. Well, that's what Essex is like. We're very determined people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We've got the gift of the gab. We've got the knack. You know. Yeah. And the American police go to two children in Essex to solve murders. I'm pretty sure. Hear me out here. The Pilgrim Fathers hmm. are from Essex. Are they? Well, certainly some of them. And one of their bodies has been brought back and buried in Essex, up the road from where I grew up. Wow. 
Yeah. So that just shows you the kind of person that comes out of Essex. And that's why we really get about. Wow. Okay. I've learned two things. I've learned post from Pat Sweets today and I've learned that. Amazing. Amazing. I hope it's true. Well, well, it doesn't matter now. You said it, so it must be true. (laughs) Ned looks up from the Atlas. His index finger rests on the map of the Middle East. I say we begin the search right here in Saudi Arabia. That's where the oil loss was first discovered, according to the news. No, Ned, I say we start by going to Washington, D.C. and offer our help to the government, the CIA. That sounds political, Colin. Anyway, you're going to flip a coin, and this is where your first choice comes in. Okay, what is your first choice in this adventure book? Heads or tails? So heads is we're off to Washington. No, 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 we don't know yet. I mean, um, you can choose heads or tails, and then obviously if you win, we'll do what you want to do, which is go to Washington. Right. Yeah. Okay, well then I'll pick tails. You're picking tails. I mean, I don't know why you want to go to Washington. I mean, you've got you're from Essex. No, I'm just trying to just trying to figure it out. We've got Washington or Saudi, right? Yeah. The coin comes up heads, so you lose. All right, Ned, you always win. It's a lucky intuition you've got. Lead the way onto Saudi Arabia. Off we go. You start packing your emergency kit. You always bring with you on adventures. Hey, Ned, what did you do with the automatic direction finders? They're on the top drawer of the bureau, he answers. Hurry up, will ya? Finally, you're packed and off to the airport. Thanks to the rewards you earned on an earlier cases, you have plenty of cash for the trip. Your plane makes stops in Paris and Rome and finally arrives in Saudi Arabia. It's crowded and a hot capital city. Once off the plane, you blink in the white heat of full day and wonder what your next step is. You got us here, Ned, the oil capital of the world. What now, you ask? (laughs) Ned stands rigid in the crowd outside the airport and begins to pivot slowly, a human compass preparing to lead the way. But before he stops, a small fat man with eyeglasses perched on his nose like a falcon's interrupts. Um, Now, without being offensive, where is the fat small man from? (laughs) Let's not say Saudi Arabia because that would be too obvious and too offensive. Too obvious, I think. Too obvious. I would say, I mean, I feel like I'm endowing any nationality with the stature of a short, shortness and, a, and fatness. <laughs> but we've all got them. So let's say he's from Clacton. Clacton? Isn't that also Essex? Yeah. Right. Okay. surprising to see him there. All right. He's going to be a bit high pitched. Okay. Pa- pardon, most honoured guests. For our humble land, he says. You are tourists needing a hotel and a tour of the city. I know I'm right. You must put yourselves at the services of me, one of the finest guides in this barren land. Hmm. Okay, so you've got a choice to make here. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, now, here's the choices. Um, you can take his offer and head for a hotel after a long plane ride. Or you could reject his offer, Abby. You're going to accept this offer to be guided around, or you're going to reject it. Well, you know what this feels like. You know mm. when you're um, your first few trips into town on the bus mm. to meet your friends, and um, the adults say that fine, you can go. 
and then when you're walking around town you actually see them walking around behind you and you're like oh they didn't let us come alone they were here the whole time mm. did you ever have that uh i probably what well, if i did if i i don't think i knew about it if i did yeah mm. we knew about it it was like quite clear they were walking about four meters behind us the whole way like there were six of us kids and there were six sets of parents right walking around us behind that in town so this mm. feels like maybe the man from, from platinum um has been sent by my parents oh so i'm thinking i don't want to go with him mm. okay his name's Bar Hib, by the way. I forgot that bit. Okay, so you don't want to go with him. You want to reject his offer and go alone. Yeah, I think so. All right. I'm not saying this is going to happen because I haven't turned the page yet, but regular listeners will know that you choose what happens here, Ab, and that means you last as long as you last. So you might end up <laughs> dying straight away. All right, we're going to reject this guy's offer, even though he's a guide, and we're going to go it alone. Yes? Oh, now I'm feeling nervous now. No, I wouldn't be. I think you might you might be all right. Let's go with it. Come on. Okay, Let's seize it. the day. Okay. No, we don't really need your services, you say. Thanks anyway. The man bows low, murmurs his regrets, and disappears into the crowd. Ned, wait a minute, will you? I want to get a newspaper at a foreign magazine stand. A, f- a foreign magazine stand? I mean, they're all going to be foreign yeah. if you're from... Yeah, Essex. Okay. We better keep up with what's going on. I'll be right back. Ned nods, and you duck behind into an air-conditioned calm of the airport. Minutes later, you emerge with the latest edition of the overseas English-language Herald Tribune. Ned is nowhere to be seen. You search for him, calling his name. There's no answer. Where is he now? Leave it to him to get lost. He's up to his old tricks, you say to yourself. At that moment, an old man taps you lightly on the arm and speaks in a heavy, accented English. Hmm, Let's say he's a posh English person then. Your brother awaits you. Have no fear. You stare at the old man for several moments before speaking. He does not move. How did you know about my brother anyway? You ask him. The old man smiles and says, Oh, it is simple. I observed you two. It is my business to watch. You will find him in that shop over there, the one with the paintings. He melts into the crowd. (laughs) 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 Probably not literally. (laughs) He's made of ice cream. No, gee, the parents are following. The adults are following this. There's another one dressed up. You reckon that's just your dad? Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's what the heavy-accented English is. He's he's trying not to sound like he's from Essex. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sure enough, Ned is just where the old man said he was. The tiny shop smells aromatic. Ned is absorbed in looking at a painting. Come on, Ned. We've got work to do. You go ahead. These paintings are fabulous. I'll catch you up. Don't worry. Check in at the main hotel. Now, Abby, what do you do? Do you leave Ned and go to the hotel, or do you want to wait for him and then go? Well, I feel like we should stick together, to be honest. But how long is he going to be? I mean, I love that he's absorbed in a painting. He's <laughs> <just> so highbrow. <laughs> you know, I must, I must take in the culture first, sister. Bear with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I I want to remind you though, and I don't know. I haven't turned the page, so I really don't know. But remember that you are annoyed with him because he's always wants the glory, even though you often solve uh, the crime. So yeah. this could be a chance to ditch him. 
it's up you know it's up to you the witch boy yeah yeah maybe maybe he's slowing me down colin he's slowing mm. me down frankly yeah i just want it, to crack on it says that you're going to go to the hotel if you do leave ned or you could Sounds wait like for there's him. ac there as well so <laughs> possibly <laughs> The man that melted into the crowd could have done with that, yeah. Okay, so final decision. Are you le- going to leave Ned or are you going to wait for him? Uh, yeah, I'm going to leave him. Oh, cold. That's what that is. That is that is harsh. Okay. All right, Ned. I'll check in at the hotel, you say. But there is no answer. Ned is too absorbed in the art. At the hotel, you get adjoining rooms. Then you settle down to wait for Ned on the terrace, sipping iced mint tea. Hours pass in the dull heat. Still no Ned. By six o'clock, you're panicky. Ned does have a habit of forgetting where he is, but you're sure that something is very wrong this time. You go back to the shop, but the shopkeeper said Ned left hours ago. You go to the local police, but they don't seem to be interested. Many people disappear from here every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Brutal. They... Brutal reality. Gosh. They... When there's as many cases as that, you just have to leave. There are many sights to see. He'll be back, says a bored police officer sitting behind a battered desk. At the United States Embassy, a young duty officer takes Ned's name and description, notes the last place he was seen and yawns. Well, time will tell, he says. No, it won't. We don't have time. Get my brother back right away. We're American citizens. No, you're not. We're from Essex, you know. (laughs) Sorry, I let you down there. You should be from American, but obviously not in our story. I reckon I've got a lot of different IDs, though, to be honest. Mm. You know, international work. I have to go a lot of places. Mm. Okay. Remember what I said about the, the journey ends when it ends. The duty officer dials a two-digit number on his desk phone and talks rapidly for several minutes with a superior. You watch, impatiently at first, and then the growing alarm as the officer's face grows sombre. Finally, he hangs up and turns to you. His voice is grave. I'm afraid we have orders from Washington to detain you here for a while. They've just received word that your brother is being held hostage by... The Organization for World Domination. Apparently one of their members overheard you two talking about the mission on the plane. Why did you leave your brother alone? We think that the Organization for World Domination has been looting oil for a long time, but now they they have your brother. They're going to be more careful than ever. We'll never get a chance to prove anything against them. We'll try negotiating with them, you say. I can't promise anything. It doesn't look too good. And he's right. The end. Right. Now, that is your end, Abby. Now, before we get into that too much, very short story. I will give you one chance to go back one notch if you want to. And we can choose a different direction if you want to. I don't do it very often, because that, but that seems like a very sad ending. It's a bit heavy. So I'm going to give you one option, Abby. If you want to, we can go back. Uh, just one, just one um, choice. If you want to, to see whether or yeah. not if you didn't leave your brother, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't my instant. Wasn't my initial reaction. What was your initial reaction? I'm glad that story's was to, over. Was to, was to stay together. <laughs> no, was to 
stay together and you convinced me out of it. Oh, yeah, that is true. I take full responsibility for that then. All right, I have to find the page, but let's go back and take your choice, which was to stay together. Where on earth? Um, okay, here we go. Family comes first. All right, so you're going to stay with him. Good choice, Sam. Let's do that instead. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll wait for you, Ned. No worry, you say. You too are intrigued by the paintings. You stare at these intricate designs. After a while, the patterns swirl in a blue uh, colour and a rhythm, and you begin to feel dizzy. Ned turns to you and holds out a small bronze box inlaid with pieces of coral and jade. Look at this. I found it under that pile of prayer rugs. I don't know why, but I know it's magical, he says. The storekeeper's back is turned as he busies himself with a group of tourists interested in buying a water pipe. In the box is a spicy smelling salt. Take some, rub it on the back of your hand, Ned says. His eyes are gleaming in a strange way. Suddenly, he hands the box to you. As you watch, Ned rubs a large dollop of the salt on your wrist and steps into a Mandela. All that remains of him is a mocking laugh. He's gone into a trance. You've got a choice here to make out. Now, you could follow Ned, okay? You could try and follow Ned, laughing as he walks away. Or you could just try and get out of the store. I mean, this this store is selling drugs, isn't it? (laughs) Sounds like it, yeah. Yes, this water pipe. It's it's not for a a sink, is it? It's a hooker pipe, right? And then... And then he's there stealing. Yeah. Um, I think... So I, I can join in. Join in with the drugs, did you say? Yeah, You well, he, Ned has walked away into a Mandela. And what is a Mandela when it, when in terms of buildings? It must be a building, right? I think. He's Ned's walked off laughing into this place. You could follow him. Or you could just tr- try and get out and away from him. I think we stick together. I think I'll go with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. In, in this kind of hallucinogenic, drug-filled, crazy, crazy time. Yeah. You rub the salt into your hand and step into the Medella. It's just like stepping through a doorway. At first, the world seems like a giant sculpture garden filled with bright-coloured metal g- generic sculptures. So you're basically hallucinating now. Right. Mm. Okay. Definitely a drugstore. They vibrate and shimmer in a way that hurts your eyes and throws you off balance. Finally, you write yourself, just as your brother steps up to you from a circular structure that, only seconds before, appeared to be a long rectangular box. Ned jabs you in the ribs. I've got it all fixed. Let's get out of here, he says. What do you mean, Ned? What have you got all fixed? It looks like you fixed us. One thing at a time. I found the oil. I fixed the leak. Follow me. I don't know what's going on. How, you ask? (coughs) Same way we got in, stupid. Follow me. Ned swims to a dot in space and vanishes. Pardon? Ned does what? I'll read it again. This book has gone nuts. Ned swims to a dot in space and vanishes. Go with it. Yeah, so he so gravity doesn't affect him anymore. Wow! Um, and now he can swim air. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Now two things have happened here. Either 
Um, this is very clever writing, and you're in some kind of what the author would call a hallucinogenic trip, or the writer is himself on a hallucinogenic trip and has written absolute yeah. nonsense. <laughs> hmm. well, yeah, definitely. Hmm. Um, it kind of makes me think of all those people that go off on gap years. So anybody that was reading these books and then got to re- come of age, that's hmm. what the gap years are about, aren't they? They've got a guy found a Mandela. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, rub some salt on your wrist and then swim oh, off go. into a, and dot into space. Now, as he swims to to a dot in space and vanishes, here's your choices: you could follow him, or you could stay put. I feel like um, Ned's gone too far with this. <laughs> and I think you have to. I try to put family first, but I think you have to have some caution at some point. So yeah. I don't think it's the right thing that both of us are swimming air. You know, yeah. someone's feet have got to be on the ground. Mm. And that's what I'll tell the adults when um, I say that Ned's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, you've got one kid, you know. I must admit, though, if you now go off and survive and Ned is dead, when they say, but how, how did he die, Abby? What did you do? And you go, ah, well, he swam off into a dot in space and vanished. They're yeah. going to go, all oh, right, okay, come on, tell They'll the truth. They'll back up and I'll say... He ate a fistful of salt. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. loved salt and um, he was also stealing at the time of his death. It was. So, yeah. you know, maybe that's life, that's karma. He stole a box yeah. of prized jewels from under a prayer like rug. Yeah. You know, so they were holy. You know, took a fistful of salt and um, went off his tits. So, no regrets. We're going to leave him and no regrets, right? think so he's gone too far he's just gone too far disappearing into thin air is just a step too far it is. i mean yeah all right i'm tired of taking your orders you shout after ned oh you shout you got to shout it i'm tired of taking your orders you shout after departing ned you walk around in the Mandela. After a while, your anger toward Ned lessens and you wonder what he meant by getting it all fixed. You decide to go and find out, but you can't. You're trapped where you are. Ned knew how to get out, but you don't. Each time you try to exit the way he did, bang! You end up being pushed back by an invisible force. Maybe this isn't so bad where you are after all. You decide to you decide to relax and enjoy it. Ned and the oil and the real world, whatever that was, are pretty dim memories anyway. Let them take care of themselves. <laughs> the end. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. wow. Just lay down and die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the so that is your end. That is your end. Crikey. Mm. Ned Ned's vanished and I'm sounds like I've joined a cult. Yeah, and you're trapped eternally in this fog of just memories. Your old life is just a memory. And now. just very quickly just teaching children the art of surrendering. Just you live here now. Okay? Yeah. And there's invisible yeah. forces that mean you can't leave, which is probably your own mind. You know, and guilt and shame that you killed your brother. Yeah. yeah. So you live here now, and that's that, and you should accept it. And it mm. seems like I did. I just went, yeah, you yeah. know what? 
And actually, we've lived quite a hard little life, haven't we? We're very young people. I've solved how many? Six international well, nightmares? Well, I think there was at least three uh, listed at the start. Yeah, murders and then a missing plane. And then you've gone, well, I'm just absolutely off my face now. I'll just lie here. I'm yeah. shattered. And these people will treat me like a child. So essentially, yeah. I was probably, I was Greta Thunberg before, before she was <laughs> even a thought. No, no disrespect to Greta. Are you saying that Greta is coming up with uh, all these wonderful things she's doing and saying because she's uh, eating some salt, some magical salt? Or she's an author and she's writing her own adventure book. Ah, yes. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, you know, she might get burnout, so we need to look after her. We need to check how she's getting on. Yeah. Because, you know, carrying the world's worry on your shoulders, as you saw by my untimely end, <laughs> quite frankly, is exhausting. Yeah. 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 The Trouble on Planet Earth is the title of the book. Are we saying to people reading this that the trouble on planet Earth can all be solved just by taking drugs and not worrying about it? That is what we're saying. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's not some some people it's just sort of um the great little book for kids there, isn't it? Just to summarise that um all the oil has been stolen. Yeah. There is fuck all we can do about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So just take some drugs. And just try and have a laugh yeah. on the way past. Yeah. Because the real world out there don't mean nothing. No. That's That was the moral of the story I've just learned. I'm like, thanks, book. Wow. The 80s were great, weren't they? I mean, just don't worry about it. Mm. It's happened now. I, I read the book earlier today in preparation for our reading and i had a very different story like uh, there was a, a vol volcano and a, an island i went to and the uh, oil was trapped in a volcano and somebody it was very different and you just took <laughs> some drugs in a shop and went to sleep <laughs> well yeah strong message though isn't it mm. very strong and i do like the way the author really um sort of gave a little shout out to the art yes you know? yes yeah mm. you know what that's all we've got is go look at that painting for a bit I think you and you and Ned loved a bit of art because it said at the start that you also solved a crime of the melting statues at the National Museum. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, hmm. I particularly liked that man that melted into the into the mark. Yeah, it's it melted. Enjoyed him. Yeah, it just melted away. Hmm. The, the paintings that Ned was fascinated by, do you think they were Magic Eye? Do you remember Magic Eye? Is that because? Oh, oh yeah, we had to go slightly cross-eyed just to just yeah. to see what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love them. Probably. I think that's what it was. Mind you, the drugs he was on, everything's a magic eye, isn't it? <laughs> he was just off his tits. <laughs> you know? It was probably a really, really crap drawing, wasn't it? That suddenly looked wonderful. Yeah. You know? He'll, he'll be embarrassed when he looks at that after. It's like, like, oh, awful. It's really rubbish, actually. Don't really like that. I bought it now. Yeah. yeah. Well, Abby, I'm 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 slightly sorry that the adventure didn't it didn't really deliver what it said it was going to deliver. You know, you, you had nothing to do with oil. It had literally nothing to do with oil. <laughs> Just markets and drugs. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it really was. Listen, thank you for joining me on the adventure. I really enjoyed it. And it was nice also just to catch up with uh, what you were doing in the wilds of Essex. It, what I thought burning things down like bushes was bad enough, not taking drugs with your brother. No, I mean, exactly. This took an absolute turn. Mm. 
in in lockdown, uh, and I'm, like I said, whenever this episode goes out, I'm sure we'll still be in some form of lockdown or other. Uh, I've I've been enjoying um, discovering various films which have uh, maybe not uh, new releases but are out on Netflix. And I wanted to mention something. So uh, a few years ago, you were in a wonderful film called Life on the Road, which I think people should look up uh, and find you with Ricky Gervais. Uh, would you suggest wh- where could they find that? And would you like to people find to find out more about you? How could they do that? Yeah, sure. I think um, Life on the Road is on Netflix. Hmm. Um, and I've got a little website. You can have a little poke around. Yeah. I do need. I do need to chart it up. Maybe people could send in suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that's abbymurphyofficial.com. Instagram. Everyone's on the gram, aren't they? I yeah. think. Uh, I think my handle's I am a Murphy. That's it, really. Yes. Nice. And I think there are various clips of you uh, online uh, from your shows and from various bits you've done because you've done various Edinburgh shows, and people should definitely go and search you out with your double act partner as well. Oh yeah, Hunter Murphy is the sketch one. That that's got Instagram too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Hunter Murphy. Is that just Hunter and Murphy? Yeah, Hunter nice. Murphy. Yeah, we we do like. Um, we're quite into the 80s, so it's, it's mm. quite. Uh, we play American 80s women that present on a shopping channel and they make modern products for modern women. Um, yeah. So, a feminist shopping channel, shall right. we say. Yeah. In the 80s. There's some, there's some brilliant sketches on there, and I really like the ones you've done together with the dance exams as well, which are excellent. Oh, yeah, they're just, yeah, our general sketches from before our shows, yeah. Yeah, we did do one called the dance exam. For anybody that took an ISTD examination, um, then you will get a lot of joy out of it, I think. It's niche, but there's a lot of dancers out there. (laughs) (laughs) My friend did say to me she was at a dance convention in Ireland um, for dance teachers and examiners. Mm. And uh, they at the end of the course, they said, now just for a little treat, and pulled down a a screen and played the dance exam. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, and my friend was like, I know them too. I've worked with them. <laughs> Why are you showing their sketch? And I was like, I hope those 400 people all went home and uh, watched it online and got my view count now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. On view, Get something out of it. Well, it, it's very funny yeah. stuff and people should look out for you. Um, to wrap this podcast up then, I feel that um, in your lost in spaced world where you are, trapped in this shop in a haze of drugs what would be if you could write but I don't think you have the use of your hands right now because you're so out of it what would you write and say to your family what are your final words to them oh crikey (laughs) Um, bury me with some onion rings (laughs) (laughs) the cheaper the better the cheaper the better yeah (laughs) yeah stink them out Voyage of the Page Turner featured the books of author R.A. Montgomery. Hosted by Colin Lego. Featuring special guest, Abby Murphy. Voiceover by Samuel Thomas. Produced by Colin Lego. Remember, you could find us on Instagram and Twitter at Page Turner Show. Find us, message us, like us. Until we meet next time, remember, choose wisely.